This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And if you haven't been with us earlier this week, our subject is the sufficiency of God. And I want to start by saying that we will only recognize the sufficiency of God when we acknowledge our own insufficiency and weaknesses. And earlier this week, we quoted a number of scriptures which we'd like to quickly share with you today. Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in man who walks to direct his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 20, verse 24. Man's steps are ordained by the Lord, How then can man understand his way? Psalm 31, verse 3. For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy name's sake, thou will lead me and guide me. For thou art my strength. And Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. Over the course of Tuesday and Wednesday, we shared a lot from 2 Chronicles 20 where Judah was going to be attacked by three enemies. And King Jehoshaphat, a mighty man of God, initially said, let us seek the Lord. And in his prayer, he said in chapter 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. Junie, that was such a significant portion of Scripture that no matter what the difficulties we have in our lives, our eyes are supposed to be always focused on the Lord. So what have we learned during the course of this week? Number one, we live for the sake of the Lord. In other words, we don't do things for our sake, but as that um, scripture that we read from Psalm 32, we do things because we love the Lord and we're doing things for his namesake that we will bring glory to the name of Jesus by who we are and what we do. Secondly, we see that God has given us an open invitation to guide us. In fact, with his eye upon us, he will guide us. We need a sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Again, as we just pointed out from 2 Chronicles, we learn that we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. And I encourage you to read 2 Chronicles 20. We need to understand fully that the battle is the Lord's, not ours. When we commit to him the situation, 
He will see us through, and when a victory comes, he will get all the glory. Another thing pointed out in Second Chronicles was we need to praise him even before the battle starts. And usually we praise God after the victory, but a man and a woman of faith will praise him even before the battle starts. And finally, we need to fear not. When we subject our lives to bring glory to his name and lifting up his name and who we are and what we do, we will not fear because we'll be under the scrutiny and the eye of the Lord. So, Junie, let's go on from that point on. And uh, there's two verses I think we should look at that really epitomize everything we've been talking about this week. One of those verses comes from John 15:5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So for those who don't have your Bibles open, apart from me, meaning the Lord, you can do nothing. And really, Second Chronicles 20 really points that out. So on the one hand, as Junie just read, apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things. Now, immediately, if we stop there, there's a contradiction. But here's the key. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, do we really believe that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing? But at the same time, through him, we can do all things because he strengthens us. Paul recognized his insufficiency. In fact, uh, he even wrote, who is sufficient for these things? Paul's life was extraordinary because he committed everything to the Lord himself. In fact, Junie, didn't he say, it's not I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I think for your life and my life and every listener, that if we do not have a real relationship moment by moment, day after day, month after month, and year after year with the Lord, we will not learn these lessons because it's an impartation of his resurrected life living in us that shows himself faithful as our sufficiency through our daily trials or tribulations or trouble. Sometimes we're in trouble. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes uh, we lose our jobs or uh, people turn against us or we feel rejected. The only way we can really come into the knowledge of God is when we allow his resurrected life within us to live in and through us. And then we can say with authority and power, he is our sufficiency. I can do all things through the Messiah, through Christ who strengthens me, or apart from the Lord, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing and really, really mean it. Really, let us all come to that place in the Lord. We're going to turn now to scriptures that you're probably familiar with. And if you're not, I pray that you will become familiar with, because as soon as I think of the sufficiency of God, I think of what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be reading from verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 7. And because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, 
a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ, the power of the Messiah, may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. There is again, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, Junie, as I'm reading it, I just, uh, it's so solidified in my understanding that we have to live such a contrary lifestyle to the rest of the world, and that is what we're called to be, witnesses unto him. I just want to point out, remember that Paul wrote, follow me as I imitate the Lord, or imitate me as I follow the Lord, depending upon your version. Isn't it interesting that Paul prayed three times for the removal of this thorn? Now think in terms of Jesus. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed three times for the cup to pass from him. And what was God's answer to Paul? My grace is sufficient for my power or my strength is made perfect in weakness. But I want to add these words to emphasize it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. When we recognize our weakness, Junie, we open the door for God's strength to be put into our lives. It's really true, Shelley, and we see even going back to Second Chronicles, where it is written in verse 20, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God. Lord Jesus. So we see, really, if we believe Jesus is the Lord, then we believe he is the Lord God of Israel. Yes. Because there's no other God except the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. So right here, it's uh, we're being implored to put our trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. In other Thank words, you, God will settle us. And really, that's what he was saying to Paul when three times Paul asked for this thorn to be removed. God was establishing Paul as his apostle. And we go on to read, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. What verse is that, Junie, so we all see it? That's chapter 20 of Second Chronicles, verse 20. And we can understand then that the prophets, the word of God that the prophets spoke, we need to trust those words. Yes, Lord. We need to know, and then our eyes will be opened up to the end-time purposes of God for Israel and for the church, because we're living in perilous times, Shelley. I mean, what is happening in America today would have been almost unheard of or yes. unspeakable maybe even 20 years ago. Some of the things that are being approved of or, um, uh, I, I don't even know, I don't even have the words 
to describe some of the um, historical things that have happened in this past week. I mean, to think that an African-American football player kissed another man and, and it was approved and it was spoken of on international news as being okay. In other words, God's word, God's life, living for his namesake, being his witnesses, is so far gone out of our country that we don't recognize that adultery is sin. Mm. We don't recognize that a marriage is between a man and a woman. We don't recognize that abortion is murder because we haven't given that credit to the guidance of the Lord, our God, to live as his witnesses and to live for him. So we're really living in perilous times. And I just pray for all of our listeners, for your life and my life, that we would submit our lives to the Lord and live a holy, righteous life by allowing his life to be lived in and through us. You know, it makes me think, Junie, as we close this program, maybe it's for such a time as this that God has called us to be his witness more than any other time in history. For his For namesake. his namesake. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you that truth will ultimately win out. And I pray that we could be men and women of truth, of righteousness and holiness. Help us, Lord. To be a true, effective witness. Raise up your church. Unto you to bring glory to your name. We pray this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.